Hi everybody, and did you know my master will teach you how to make money while traveling the world? And here's a co-host, Tricky Shetty. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our beautiful co-host, Rianne Shetty. She's doing an amazing job doing our podcast intros, and she's learning all about internet marketing, podcasting, blogging, as we're traveling. And we're actually traveling around South America, and we're currently in Buenos Aires, Argentina, just arrived a few days ago, staying in an Airbnb here and organizing a big Digital Nomad Mastery Summit. Uh, and uh, while we're traveling, we love renewing fellow digital nomads and fellow world travelers and fellow travelers who are traveling in South America as well. And our guests today, Rachel and Sasha, are actually in Cuenca, Ecuador. And we were just there about a couple months ago traveling through Ecuador and we uh, made a pit stop in Cuenca just for a couple days and uh, checked out the beautiful UNESCO World Heritage City and then made our way to Peru, Bolivia, Chile, and then uh, made our way overland here to Argentina. Wow. So our guests today are actually uh, ESL teachers online. And you know, uh, that's a great way to fund your travels by teaching as you're traveling. And that's the way I started. I actually started uh, traveling when I was in my 20s and I taught English in Tokyo, Japan with Nova and Berlitz and then uh, able to fund my travel around Asia and uh, every now and then I'll still do a little bit of that but uh, you know if you're thinking about getting started on the road definitely highly recommend uh, teaching English both offline and online so we're going to be finding out a lot about that and our uh, guest today actually the founders of Grateful Gypsies, uh, GratefulGypsies.com. So welcome to the show uh, Sasha and Rachel how are you guys doing over there in beautiful Cuenca, Ecuador today? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're really happy to be here. Loving Ecuador so far. Cuenca is a beautiful city. We just got here and we haven't done much, but even just walking around for an hour in between working here has been really nice. Yeah, first thing I have to comment on is how great your Wi-Fi is because you have amazing video quality and amazing audio quality. And this is a struggle I faced as we're traveling in South America. So how have you guys been able to get great Wi-Fi like the one you're having right now in the show? Well, Sasha actually puts a lot of time and effort into messaging Airbnb hosts before we even book. So because of our online teaching jobs with VIP Kid, they're all video classes. So it's really important to have strong Wi-Fi. So even if Airbnb hosts have instant book turned on, we wait until we message them and find out the internet speed. And we try to do our best to get them to actually give us a number. We don't really accept, oh, it's fast, don't worry. Yeah, that guy, um, a lot of people try to say, it's good enough. Lots of guests work from here. And I respond the same way every time. Could you please run a speed test and give me the ping, the download, and the upload speed? It sounds silly, but it takes you one minute, and it's super important for us. And if people aren't happy to do that, I keep looking. And usually, I'm able to find someone who can prove uh, that they have the kind of connection that we're going to need. And we try to time our traveling based on that, we'll do longer stays in these kind of places like Cuenca here, or we were in Medellin for an entire month. And by doing that, we can get a lot of work in, and we can fund the next adventure. Uh, for example, in Colombia, we stayed at a floating hostel called Casa en el Agua. There's obviously no internet there. Um, so by you know verifying that we can get good internet in a place work for a while, we can take these nice side trips and just completely forget about work and disconnect for a few days. That's how we vacation as digital nomads. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you definitely need to base yourselves in that. That's something we've been doing as well. We were actually in Medellin as well for a whole month and we're here in Buenos Aires for uh, at least uh, two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks. So definitely cool. need that uh, to recharge your batteries and not pack and pack and obviously get stuff done uh, as a digital nomad. So we're going to be covering these topics a lot more. But uh, why don't we get, uh, start off by getting to know you guys a little bit better. Why don't you share a little bit more about yourselves and uh, a little bit of your backstory of how you guys set off on the road. Uh, I'm first and the ladies first. All right, I guess because I started kind of this uh, traveling lifestyle, I'll go first. Um, I'm Sasha, by the way. Some people get confused because they think Sasha's only a girl's name. Um, we have a lot of confusion with that. I'm Sasha, though. This is Rachel. Uh, I'm from Gross Point, Michigan. It's a suburb outside of Detroit. I was born and raised there, aside for, from a few years in Philadelphia. Um, Went to Michigan State University. I studied video production. I was involved in radio, television, um, producing short, funny videos and stuff like that. And that's really what I've always been passionate about. Um, ever since I was maybe 10 years old, I convinced my family to buy a video camera. Um, and I would shoot our you know, Christmas days and our family vacations. And my brothers and I had a backyard wrestling league. 
I would shoot that and stack two VCRs together and edit videos. And that's always been my my passion. But um, unfortunately for me, I graduated in 2008 and there were no jobs of any kind for a recent grad in these fields of you know TV, radio, video production. So when I didn't find anything and I was confronted with the choice of, you know, sticking around my college town and waiting tables or whatever, or you know, going back to live with my parents, even worse. Um, I, I wanted to find something, you know, totally different. And I stumbled upon teaching English in Beijing, um, specifically because that was the Olympic year. I wanted to go catch the Olympics. I thought it would be a cool experience if I didn't like it, you know, worst case I could bail. Um, and at least say I went to China and went to the Olympics, right? It actually turned out way better than I could have ever imagined. I absolutely loved my year in Beijing. I did a lot of traveling in China. I visited Tokyo, Japan, and I was sold on the travel lifestyle. You know, the travel bug bit me hard. Um, went back to the U.S. for a while, and that's when we, you know, moved in together, started dating, and um, eventually, when we kind of gave up on the job search in 2010, because it still wasn't great then, uh, Rachel said, hey, why don't we go to Beijing? Why don't you bring me there? I want to give it a shot. And I can let her introduce herself and kind of take it from there. Well, I was born and raised in a small town in East Tennessee. And people always say, oh, you don't sound like you're from Tennessee. Well, I have a switch. I'm Rachel Lee from Tennessee. How y'all doing? Um, so I went to a small university in North Carolina, Appalachian State, and studied music business. And like Sasha, I also graduated in 2008 when there were no jobs for such positions. Um, my passion it has always been live music. I grew up as a musician playing trumpet and piano. And so um, being a, a music business major was actually a music major. I still had to play my instruments, take theory classes, music history classes, all that. She was in the marching band. I was. <laughs> I was a marching band nerd. Um, and so for my internship that I had to do to complete my degree, um, at that point in my life, probably my biggest love was going to music festivals. So I managed to find an internship with a small company um, called Shimon Presents out of Atlanta, and they put together the work exchange team, WET, Wet. at different music festivals where people can volunteer in exchange for a ticket. And I had volunteered with them at a few different festivals, you know, because I was a poor college student and couldn't afford the ticket. And so then when I was an intern, I was essentially supervising the other volunteers. And Sasha was a volunteer at one of the music festivals that summer in 2008. So that's how we met. Um, but at the time that we met, he already had this plan to move to Beijing to teach English. So we had a month to get to know each other, and then he left. Yep, great timing. <laughs> um, but during that first year that he was in China, we kept in really close touch uh, through social media and Facebook. And to be honest, the first time he told me he was moving to China, I was like, China? Why would you want to go to China? <laughs> a lot of people said that. <laughs> but then after following along his adventures and... and I started blogging. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, I started, started writing a blogging, blog just for so, fun. She was um, reading. I was reading his blog. By one of my five readers. <laughs> I was looking at all his photos, and it looked like a really good time. Um, and uh, so, after his first year in China, he came back to the states. Um, we actually, um, like, our first dates were going to Fish concerts together. Um, this American band called Fish. We spent all of the summer of 2009 following them around, seeing their concerts. Saw like 20 shows in 10 states or something crazy. It was a, wow. it was a pretty epic journey. And so after that summer, I was like, okay, now I need to try and use my degree for something. I'm going to try and find a real job. So we went to Nashville, uh, you know, because it's Music City. I'm from Tennessee. And I sort of had the same idea with Sasha and going to China except I wasn't so far from home. Like, oh, if it doesn't work out, I can just go home. But then when it didn't work out, I, neither of us wanted to go home. Yeah. And um, so that's when I was like, you really want to go back to China. You had an amazing time there. You already have connections. Let's just go. So that brings, awesome. us, back to, brings us back to Beijing, where we were both, both there in 2010. And we ended up staying for four years. Um, living there, working as English teachers. We did 
all kinds of jobs, universities, private training centers, middle schools, kindergartens, private tutoring. We recorded our beautiful American voices for uh, language learning CDs and stuff that were full of grammatical errors, but they still had us record them anyways. <laughs> Don't um, correct the errors. <laughs> I, I, did a, I did a funny gig one time that we call a white guy in a tie. It's where uh, Chinese businessmen will pay you to just come be a white guy in a suit and sit there. He really there, yeah. That's hilarious. He literally sat there and got bet, wined and dined and, and paid a, a lot of cash at the end of the day. Uh, it was pretty wild. You know, there was a lot of different opportunities for us in China. So we went from being like destitute and on food stamps and renting a room in our uh, college friend's house in Tennessee to uh, not even a year later, we had a really nice apartment in a great part of Beijing and we were taken off on a month-long trip to Thailand and Laos and it was just you know, an incredible transformation that in less than a year we were able to do this just by you know taking the chance to move to Beijing and really putting ourselves out there and taking kind of any kind of jobs we could get working a lot of side jobs and um, you know we still got to do a lot of interesting things learning Chinese traveling experiencing the city on the side so that's probably why we stayed a long time we had a really nice comfortable life there Sounds like an epic adventure, and then obviously you came back to the U.S., and then tell us a little bit about, more about this current adventure, uh, you know, like you said, you got the travel bug, and once you get that, you definitely can't stop. So tell us more about how you left the U.S. to travel through South America now. Well, actually, after our time in Beijing was finished, we wanted to live in a different city in, uh, in China, in southwest China, called Kunming. Uh, it's the capital city of Yunnan province, which borders... Vietnam, Laos, Myanmar, and Tibet. So it has more of a Southeast Asian vibe than, than a, like a Chinese vibe. But we really, after our first big backpacking trip to Thailand and Laos, we really wanted more of that. So we took the money that we saved working in Beijing and did a full-on gap year that ended up being 14 months long. <clears throat> we spent a few months traveling in the States and then we spent uh, seven and a half months traveling around Southeast Asia. And then um, a little Back to bit, China. Yeah. yeah, a little bit in Southeast China. And then we went and settled into Kunming. I immediately found another teaching job. Um, Sasha was mostly blogging at the time for a language company, and we had launched our own travel blog right before that gap year. So he was spending time trying to build that up. Um, mm -hmm. And then after that year in Kunming. Sasha got accepted into a program in Indonesia called the Dharma Siswa program, which is where they accept people from all over the world to come to different parts of Indo Indonesia to study the language or the culture. You can study dance. Uh, a lot of people do dance or music, like Balinese gamelan music. And basically, they give you your tuition uh, for this program is covered. You get a year-long residence permit, which is tricky and costly in Indonesia, and you get a stipend every month, which when I did it two years ago, it was only about 200 bucks. I think they've since upped it to closer to 300. It doesn't really cover your cost of living, but I mean, it's come on, I, I was getting paid to study Indonesian language in Bali. It was a pretty incredible. Wow. Yeah, it definitely sounds experience. like a great gig. And um, um, after that, that's when we, we can finally jump to where we are now. We started teaching online. We wanted to go to the other side of the world, you know, and travel around Latin America. So, but first uh, we went back to the States and did what we love doing most, which is, you know, seeing live music, going to music festivals, going to concerts. So we spent a few months in the States doing that. And she was working online teaching. Right. I and found, I was blogging this I, time. I found the job with VIP Kid right before we left Bali. Um, so that's what allowed us to be able to travel, travel around the States. But the problem was we didn't make an exit strategy when we went back to the States. So we ended up spending a lot more time than we had anticipated. Uh, and Once you get to Halloween, you're like, we might as well stay till Thanksgiving. Right. And then you're like, well, we might as well stay till Christmas. And then, well, hey, New Year's is next week. And then <laughs> so we then, did all the holidays. Right. And But then we started to run out of money because America is expensive. And so we were like, what can we do? Well, Mexico is just there. We can take a bus which is really how we prefer to travel because you can see more that way. Um, so after New Year's, we busted down to Mexico and did a bit of traveling in Mexico. And once we got to Puerto Vallarta, 
Um, a number of things happened. Sasha needed a lot of dental work, which is really cheap mm. there, and we didn't quite have enough money saved to really keep traveling in the way that we prefer to keep traveling. And the internet. The right. internet is an issue. People told us in Guatemala, you might not have such good luck doing your online teaching. Uh, you know, in Honduras, El Salvador, all these countries, you're going to really struggle. Then Costa Rica and Panama are expensive. So we thought, why don't we just stay in Mexico? It's great here. It's cheap. We have fast internet. We can get our work done. We're just going to stay in Mexico. It ended up being seven months. And then rather than backpack through Central America, we just skipped on over to Colombia. Um, so we're going to do Central America at another time. I know there's plenty to see and do there, but with our jobs and uh, the kind of feedback we got from people about internet stability and speeds, we really couldn't risk it. So that's why we um, jetted on down to South America and decided to spend a big chunk of time in Medellin, which is a digital nomad hub, probably second only to Chiang Mai right now. And um, it definitely lived up to the hype. Awesome city. We had a really great time there. We can talk more about that or any of the South America travels that you want us to focus on. But yeah, that brings us up to now. So we went to Colombia in September, and we were in Colombia for just under two months, and now we're in Ecuador. Awesome. I definitely want to echo your thoughts. Uh, Medellin is such an amazing city, one of my favorite cities in the world, and definitely a big digital nomad hotspot, uh, definitely the biggest one here in uh, South America. And uh, such an uh, awesome uh, vibe uh, with, with the the city of eternal spring they call it with the, the mountains surrounding it uh, amazing events and culture and people and food uh, yeah definitely can't stop raving about how much i love medellin you just made me think of empanadas in medellin. <laughs> I, I like dream about them now that we've left they're good in ecuador but they're not as good as they are in colombia well hey you guys got to come here to argentina they have the best empanadas in south america definitely uh, you know right. well we here. were on the fence about Argentina, trying to squeeze it into our itinerary. If the empanadas are that good, we're going to at least come for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is expensive because, uh, you know, that area of uh, South America is definitely much cheaper. Uh, Colombia is cheap, and then uh, Ecuador is cheap, and then Peru is cheap, Bolivia is cheap. And then you get to Chile, you're like, oh, no, it's yeah. getting more pricey. And then Argentina, you're like, oh, man, you know, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> save this up is, some of your funds for Argentina. This is why we've been on the fence about it. We, we've already committed to a month in Santiago, but... A big reason for that is one of my classmates I met in the Dharma Siswa program in Bali is from there. And I told her in, in, in Indonesia, I said, I'm going to come visit you. I really want to go to your city. And sure enough, two years later here, we finally made a plan. As luck would have it, she actually has an extra room for rent. And compared to prices we've seen on Airbnb, we're going to be paying about half to stay in her place. She's got fast internet. She's going to hook us up with a desk and a working space. And I'm sure, you know, the cost of living Generally, we'll be a little more than Colombia and Ecuador, but um, by cutting our rent in half, it's going to make it worth going there for a month, and we're really excited about that. And the time zone there is much more desirable for teaching VIP Kid, you know, because VIP Kid is a is a Beijing-based company, so all of the students are in China. So from you know Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, that's a 13-hour time difference, and so the big times for teaching, you know, for us are from. Five to nine. Five to nine a.m. and we just cannot bring ourselves to get up at four thirty in the morning. Lots of coffee. So we usually start teaching at six. That's that's really the best we can do, and still stay sane and you know get enough sleep and all that. But Santiago is two hours ahead. Yeah, of so here. it would be seven to eleven. So we'll be able to teach all four hours of you know the prime teaching time and sleep more. And sleep more, exactly. Yeah. So we're paying, we're cutting our rent in half. We're going to a more expensive place, but we're paying half as much as we normally would, and we we'll be able more. to work more. So it all works so out. So we might as well come. I definitely want to at least do a week in Buenos Aires and hopefully go, you know, hit some wineries. And Cordoba seems like a cool college town. You want to check that out. We'd love to go down to Ushuaia and see penguins and stuff. That might be a little tough. We probably have to pick, you know, that or Torres del Pine in, in Chile. and. Man, sometimes you got you gotta pick and choose and make sacrifices. I wish we were just backpacking, but we we're not in a position to do that right now. So we're enjoying the digital nomad lifestyle, and you know it is fun getting to know cities a little bit better, doing a week to a month long stay, getting an apartment, eating in the local markets, and um, really kind of feeling like you live there. You get a taste for what it might be like. Whereas if you're passing through for two three days, staying in a hostel and just doing tours and partying, like yeah, you're gonna have an awesome time. I love doing that in Southeast Asia, but I never felt like I got a vibe of what it might be like to live in these cities that we visited. Whereas here, 
you know, we've already got that feeling in Mexico City, in Medellin, in Bogota, in Quito, in Cuenca. We'll have it in Lima, Santiago, hopefully Buenos Aires. And maybe further on down the line, if we don't want to travel so much, we can look to these places and say, well, we know these cities kind of well. You know, we can make a more informed decision rather than my spur of the moment one 10 years ago to move to Beijing. Yeah, yeah that, that's part of the beauty of uh, traveling like we are is that you can actually uh, get a little taste of the city by living there for two weeks or a month or longer and then seeing if you want to actually base yourself there. And uh, I know Medellin is definitely on the list of one of the places I want to base myself in the future. So I'm curious oh, yeah. to know about this whole VIP kits thing. Uh, you know, we've covered it about a, a little bit in our show so far in different episodes. Uh, a few of our guests are actually teachers there as well. And a lot of people who are teaching, they rave about how great it is. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into it. And then tell us a little bit more about the experience teaching with VIP Kids so far. Well, when we left China to move to Bali, I, I had heard about teaching online and I knew it was a thing. Um, so Sasha was doing the Dharma Siswa program, but I, I wasn't doing anything in Bali. Island housewife. Yeah, well, we, we had just gotten married the summer before he started that program. So we just kind of looked at it as like a year long honeymoon. Um, and I was just enjoying living on the money that I had saved teaching in Kunming for a year. But, you know, you, you can't, you know, you're, you're living on savings. You, eventually that money runs out. You need to find something else. And um, I had looked into a few online teaching gigs that I had heard about. Um, I looked into teaching for um, English First mm -hmm. in Bali, but it would have been the same thing, just teaching online. But the schedule was very demanding and it would have taken up a lot of time and we had a ton of people come to visit us in Bali and so I turned the job down just because I wanted to have the time to hang out with all the friends and family that were coming to visit and then I guess it was about two, a month, a month before we left Bali I was just poking around on Facebook like I usually do and I noticed someone posted a link in one of the groups that I'm in about uh, an online teaching job with a Chinese company and they um, had written a little description saying that they actually pay the best out of the online teaching companies out there and um, they were doing a big push uh, to hire people and I looked over the requirements and thought I check all the boxes I might as well apply what's the worst that could happen and so I it was like 10 11 o'clock at night I sent in my application and I woke up the next morning with an email saying, hey, we think you'd be great. Uh, let's set up an interview time. And, and then it just kind of went from there. Um, it's great because you can make your own schedule. There are only you know, really certain times, depending on where you are in the world, that your classes will actually get booked. Evening China time right. during the week and then all day Saturday, Sunday. China time, which if you're in the Western Hemisphere, is going to be all night, Friday night, Saturday night. Mm -hmm. These are peak times. <laughs> right. um, but also, the pay is quite good, um, you know, considering that it's an online teaching job. So the pay is good. You can make your own schedule. You can take it with you, you know, with a few caveats. Like we said, you have to have really fast Wi-Fi. Um, but that's honestly, for me, the best part is that I can work while traveling, which I wanted to be a digital nomad before I even knew the term <laughs> digital nomad. Um, I just ever since we did that first backpacking trip in Thailand and Laos, like, wow, what if I could do this and work at the same time and yeah. just keep doing this? Wouldn't that be great? And then I, you know, the people, you started to hear the term digital nomad a lot more. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what I want to <laughs> be. <laughs> so their contracts are only six months at a time, which is also nice because if you don't like it, if it doesn't fit with you, you're not really stuck in it for a full year. It's only six months. Mm -hmm. So I completed the first contract at which time Sasha applied. I told her if the first one goes well for you, um, I'll jump in too, because during her first contract, we were traveling around the States, like all over. And so we were, you know, as we usually do, staying with friends and family when we go back to the US. So she'd be like set up in someone's living room or their extra bedroom, teaching VIP kid at three in the morning in Oregon. <laughs> I didn't want, you know, both of us to have to do that. But when uh, we made the move down to Mexico, after doing a lot of research into teaching jobs there or Colombia or Brazil or wherever, uh, I realized 
pretty quickly, like, you know, you're making more with VIP kit than we would be making with the, uh, a teaching job on the ground in Latin America. And we would have to sign a year long contract and go through visa stuff and find an apartment for a year and sign the lease and all that jazz. And, you know, why don't I just get on VIP kit too? We can both keep doing it. We can make our own schedule. We can go where we want. Um, again, with a caveat as we need a space, we need fast internet, but there's a lot of freedom involved. We can work two days a week if we want, or we can work seven. So we'll, you know, next week we're going to the Galapagos Islands. We're going to work two days, jet to the Galapagos Islands for a week, come back to Ecuador real quick, fly down to Lima, and then probably the week after that we'll work seven days in a row because Galapagos is an expensive destination. We'll be able to recoup some of those funds by really, you know, stacking our schedule. And it's awesome that we're able to do that. You can cut down when you want to, and then you can pick up when you want to. And uh, the flexibility is unlike any uh, thing I've ever had in a job other than, you know, my freelance work, which is, you know, that's, that's a totally different story. It's amazing that we can teach, move around, and make our own schedule. If we need to make a lot of money one month, we can. If we want to cut back and travel more in another month, we can do that as well. So, Freedom and flexibility, you know, that's the key thing that the digital nomads need and Wi-Fi. So if you can get the Wi-Fi yeah. and you have the freedom and flexibility, you're, you're golden. So tell us about some of those requirements. Uh, what do you need to be become a VIP teacher besides a strong Wi-Fi? Well, um, VIP Kid only hires North Americans because of the curriculum that they teach. So to our British friends and Australian friends and South African friends. Sorry, you, you cannot get a job with them, but there are several other online teaching companies that do hire any native English speakers. Um, otherwise, for VIP Kid, as long as you have a degree of any kind and some experience working with kids, be it babysitting or summer camps, or of course, teaching is very valuable, you can get in for an interview. Um, if you pass the interview, you go ahead and do a mock class where you go through the material and you teach a VIP Kid teacher. Like myself, I'm actually a mock class mentor now, so I uh, meet with people usually in the evenings, and they will go through a lesson, teach me as if I'm a young Chinese kid, and I'll give them some feedback. So usually you do two mock classes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first one is kind of to get you introduced to the style and the material, get some feedback from a current employee, and then... The uh, second one is to see if you can improve right. on what you were critiqued on in the first mock class. Uh, VIP Kids' whole thing is that they're not looking for perfect teachers. They're just looking for teachers who can improve, who can take the constructive criticism that they're given and apply it to be a better teacher. That's what they're really looking for. And for people who can follow their format and their system. So, you know, there's a ton of great training videos they have and materials, and they do workshops all throughout the month. So you can constantly learn and improve. Um, but as far as that, yeah, getting hired, those are the requirements. And once, once you pass those mock classes, you're in, you can start opening times. And um, it, it's a little slow at first for everybody, myself included. You know, there's 20,000 teachers, right? Yeah. So, you know, these parents and kids have a lot of choices. So, you know, until you actually start getting some reviews and build a little following, it's a little slow. But once it gets going, as long as you're making yourself, you know, consistently available, you do start to build a loyal following. I have some kids I teach three, four times a week. So does Rachel. Uh, so they kind of fill up our schedule with those hours that we need. And then for extra work, um, we'll, we'll meet new students. We'll get kids who are doing a trial run. VIP Kid lets them do three trial classes for free. So a great thing about those is if the kid takes your class as a trial and signs up, you get an extra couple dollars, an extra five bucks. Um, I've signed up seven or eight in one month. It's an extra $35, $40. So I like teaching those as well. They also have a list of things that they want you to have, such as a little puppet. She's in got a case, monkey and I've got a Yoda. In case the kids are feeling shy and, you know, because us, you know, adults, we're scary for little kids. So if you have a, a little monkey. cute monkey or Yoda, you know, the kids can feel more comfortable because who doesn't love Mr. Monkey? Yeah, we make the classes fun and silly and, you know, engaging. Uh, it's kind of fun. To, you're, you're acting like a kid as well with your VIP kids. It's a great way to get in touch with your inner five-year-old. I, I, I had a girl ask me last night. She was like, is it, is it weird when you have to act like a five-year-old? I said, no, it's pretty, pretty normal for me. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. So speaking of demo lessons, uh, see a little bit because my daughter is here and she was she would love to see a little bit of how it works. Well, <clears throat> if if she were my student and she were feeling a little bit shy and she didn't want to answer my questions, I would get Mr. Monkey and say, "Hello." My name is Mr. Monkey, and I love bananas. Ow. Mm -mm, bananas. Hooray, bananas. If you do a good job, you can give Mr. Monkey a banana. Yay. Can you say banana? <laughs> Come on, Rianne. Banana. Yes, I know. She's usually very bumpy. <laughs> She's being a little bit shy. <laughs> That's basically what we do for half an hour every time. <laughs> I've got to see the Yoda now. You've done the monkey. Let's see the Yoda. Hmm. Hello. My name is Yoda. Nice to meet you. Are you ready for class? This is my favorite, though. With Sasha's regulars who know him and know Yoda, what Sasha will do is he'll start the class without Yoda. And then he'll be like, where's Yoda? <laughs> and I'll look for him. And I'll have Yoda like, fall down from the top of the, and the laptop. And like, Yoda's there. Yoda's there. Stop. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> and then Sasha will maybe ask one of his students, you know, are you ready? And then Sasha will say, yes, I'm ready. And then Yoda will say, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I actually want to be your students now just to see all these amazing impressions. You know, sign me up. I'm going to sign up. If you can do it in Spanish, it's even better for, for us. All right. Spanish yeah. <laughs> cool. ¿Estás listo? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> so uh, besides the teaching, you're also doing a little bit of translating and writing. Tell us a little bit more about that, Sasha. Uh, you do other stuff besides the teaching. Yeah, I've been freelancing for quite a while now. Um, Transparent Language is a big language learning company in the US. They sell software, audio programs. Um, they have online courses. They have all sorts of stuff to learn languages. Uh, one way that they're way better than Rosetta Stone is rather than paying to you know have stalls in an airport or expensive ads on TV is they pay people like me who are traveling and living in these countries to document the experience, to share photos, videos, and stories about, um, for example, life in China, Chinese culture and Chinese language. So I started off with the Chinese language blog in 2010 because they wanted someone who was there to do videos. Um, I signed up and I've been going with them ever since. Uh, I helped them launch the Indonesian language blog, which is still going three years in now. Uh, now that we're traveling Latin America, I've become a contributor on the Spanish blog. And since I'm an English teacher, I usually chip in on the English blog as well. So if you go to Transparent Languages website or social media, you can find links to all of the language blogs. They also have YouTube channels and uh, words of the day, all sorts of great content you get for free. They're paying people like me to produce it. So for example, I'll just think of what I've um, made quickly. Uh, I've put together a, a short guide to Indonesian food this month with a lot of vocabulary for you know, the Indonesian names of these dishes and photos and a little description. I've done a series called 72 Hours In for different Chinese cities where you can go visa-free for 72 hours to give you an idea of what you can see and do there. Uh, I give you the Chinese names of the famous landmarks. I give you some sentences in Chinese uh, about those cities. And uh, it's just a way to introduce people to the language and culture of these places, get them interested in learning more. So hopefully they sign up um, for the word of the day or the newsletter or even better, you know, pay for one of the courses. Uh, but I, I love it. It's, really, it's a really awesome job. It's encouraged me to learn more about the languages and cultures of places we travel to because I, um, you know, I can use it to generate content and it's a business expense for me when I study Spanish and pay for that It's a tax write-off because I need to know Spanish to teach you Spanish, right? Um, so it really It's a, a awesome experience all around for me. I get to learn languages um, I get to write share photos edit videos 
uh, about my travels and about different cultures. And it's something I'm super passionate about. So uh, I've been, yeah, going seven years now contributing for them. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, and then we're also working on our website, which doesn't really generate an income yet. But uh, it has got me a few freelance gigs in the last few months. And we're starting to see a big uptick in our followers and our views. So if you keep working at it, you know, hopefully it pays off someday. The goal is to have it earn $1 by the end of this $1. year. <laughs> $1. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it has gotten us some gigs. It's just we haven't directly made money from the website, like advertising or affiliates or whatever. But we're um, we're learning about that, and Rachel's really dedicated to it. So I, I kind of uh, produce a lot of the content, and she's doing the behind the scenes trying to figure out SEO and affiliate marketing and um, how to hack social media and all that good stuff. And you know that, that first dollar, that first sale is obviously the hardest one. So definitely wishing you the best as you make that first dollar by the end of this year. So tell us more about the website. It's called the Grateful Gypsies, gratefulgypsies.com. Tell us about when did you start it up and what are you guys writing about on there? Um, let me think. It was 2013. We, we launched yeah. it exactly four years ago, pretty much. It was the beginning of November in 2013, right before we went on our big gap year around Southeast Asia. Um, and at that time, it was just a way to, you know, update friends and family on where we were, what we were doing, you know, the typical way that most blogs start. But I think we always had the intention of, you know, monetizing it or um, making it big. And uh, so uh, it has transformed uh, as our travels have transformed. Uh, now we are writing more about digital nomad life. Um, you know, the cost of living in a place. I really want to be a resource for other digital nomads. So we just wrote a post uh, all about the cost of living in Medellin so that people know what to expect if they want to go base down there. We did a cost of living post about Puerto Vallarta. Uh, we have a very good post about VIP Kid, by the way. Everything we've said here and much more is on our VIP Kid post. And if people are interested in applying, we have a referral link. If they get successfully hired, we do get a bonus. Uh, which is awesome for us. And we're also very happy to help uh, be your coach for anyone who might be interested in applying. If you're so generous as to click through our link, we'll give you some of our time to give you some tips and hopefully help you ace the interview and the mock class. And um, yeah, we're going to keep trying to go in this direction, right? We're going to try to share more posts about digital nomad lifestyle, cost of living. But also, in addition to digital nomad lifestyle, we also post about teaching English abroad, not only with VIP Kit. Um, but we're also starting an interview series where we're interviewing people who have taught English in various parts of the world. And I also want that to serve as a resource for people who are considering making the move to teach English abroad. Um, this interview series is, is to give people uh, a good bit of information about what it's like to teach in Cambodia or what it's like to teach in Mexico so they can make an informed decision. Um, we're it's also, hard to find that information. So it is. we. We're, we're trying to help people out. It's pretty easy to find um, advertisements for jobs, especially in China and South Korea. Um, what's not easy is finding actual firsthand teacher experiences about the ups and downs, the cost of living, the salary. So we're hoping to give a broad picture of teaching English around the world. We love doing it online. Um, it's really cool right now, but we wouldn't be doing this if we had not started out teaching in China and um, chances are very high that within a couple of years we'll go take teaching jobs on the ground somewhere again just to you know slow down and get to know a place better again. It's it's the best experience we've ever had and we want other people to try it out as well. So We're also about to launch a free mini course on what it's like to live in China. So if anyone's considering moving to China for any reason, not just for teaching English, we're going to cover topics like culture shock, what your daily life is like, learning Chinese, um, all these different things. And then aside from those two things, we just write about travel, our general musings about travel. We write about travel tips. Um, live music, yeah, music festivals, concerts. Live music, still. that's a big part of our lives. And the reason why we named the blog Grateful Gypsies, um, the word grateful is actually twofold. We're extremely you know, thankful and full of gratitude for this life that we're able to live. And it's also because we are big fans of the band The Grateful Dead. Uh, and it's, you know, here's our logo, us in a hippie bus driving across the world. 
Um, we absolutely love the band The Grateful Dead, and um, it's kind of what brought us together, uh, our, our shared love for music and concerts and The Grateful Dead. Uh, and then we chose Gypsies because we live a fairly nomadic lifestyle. You know, we don't have a home base anywhere. We've got some stuff stored at our parents' house, but, but that's, that's about it. it. Yeah, people always ask us, well, where do you live? And then we're like, here, now, and somewhere else next week? But don't you have, like, an apartment somewhere? No. no. <laughs> you have, don't you have, like, furniture? We have a bed in her dad's basement. That's about it. So um, that's how we came up with the name. And um, we put our tagline as Improvise Your Life. The bands that we like tend to improvise a lot. We call them jam bands. They don't not a whole lot of singing going on. There's a lot of jamming. And we try to take that musical philosophy and, you know, put it into our lifestyle. We're always kind of going with the wind and we don't have a plan beyond February right, right. now. And I don't even know what we're going to do this afternoon. You know, we're, we like to just kind of see what, what comes and see what's interesting. The goal um, is to show people that your life doesn't have to have a clearly defined path. And it's certainly okay if it doesn't. Sounds good. Uh, so I'd uh, love to hear about some of your experience with the live music scene here in South America. Have you got a chance to see any concerts, live music, any festivals, etc.? We did catch um, an electronic music festival for one day in Medellin. It was a branch of the Ultra Festival. Um, so they had some pretty big DJs. That's not exactly our scene. We're not huge electronic music fans, but we obviously like it, we like it and it's very popular here. So that was pretty fun. We went out and you know danced all night in Medellin, met a lot of cool people there. Um, otherwise, I guess because of our schedule, we don't get out super late very much anymore, but we do try to find bars that have you know local live music, whether it's a jazz band or just a guy playing guitar. And um, we've stumbled upon some pretty cool music. We were supposed to see Sir Paul McCartney in Medellin. He canceled. Bought tickets and everything, and then he canceled his whole South America tour. So that was a big bummer. That was a big bummer. But I think we're going to make up for it next month in Lima, Peru. We have Snarky Puppy, who's like a super funky jazz band, and Arcade Fire are playing while we're going to be in Lima. So we're probably going to go ahead and buy tickets for those sooner than later. And, of course, you know, try to catch some local music. This weekend in Cuenca, we'll... There's a jazz bar down the street. We noticed it last night. We'll probably go drop in there tomorrow night and see some jazz. And uh, hey, if there's someone playing music in a square or you know just with their guitar on the street, we usually stop it and listen and throw some coins in their bag. We appreciate live music in all kinds of settings. It doesn't have to be in a concert or a festival. Um, everywhere we see music, we like to stop and listen. Awesome. So curious to know about your plans ahead. Uh, you know, you're uh, going to be uh, meandering through South America. You mentioned Peru, Chile. Uh, what are the big plans for 2018 and beyond in terms of travel, life, business, etc.? Well, I'm already calling 2018 the year-long party. It's, it was one of my um, kind of insane schemes that I like tend to come up with. <laughs> I had this. Sasha is the master planner. I the just have really <laughs> stupid ideas sometimes. But. I wouldn't call them stupid. Far-fetched, maybe, and a little insane. But uh, I, I said, well, what if we do something like really cool every month, like a big event, you know, a big like party, whether it's uh, you know a local festival or it's a music festival or it's um, just a giant sporting event. Like, what if we tried to plan the year around these? Because with our jobs now, we can move around and we can work pretty hard for three weeks, three and a half weeks, and then take a week to a weekend, whatever, off and really enjoy ourselves. So, so far we got uh, New Year's Eve in Valparaiso, Chile. They're supposed to have the biggest fireworks display in South America because um, it's on the coast. It's supposed to be absolutely wild. That'll bring us into 2018. Uh, February, where are we going in February? Carnival in Brazil. We're going to go to Brazil for Carnival, take two weeks off of work because it's Chinese New Year at that time, so our students will be busy. We can take a break and just go get crazy at the, what do they call them? The, uh, Blockos? Blockos, yeah, the block parties. And then in March, tentatively, uh, Lollapalooza is throwing a festival in Santiago and Buenos Aires at the same time. So we hope to catch it in one of those cities. Uh, in April, we just bought tickets for WrestleMania in New Orleans. This is a 32-year-old wrestling fan 32 right 32-year-old man who's still... <laughs> I, I, my uncles took me to wrestling when I was six, and I have never gotten over it. My brothers and I, two of my four brothers, we love going to wrestling shows together. WrestleMania is in New Orleans. I mean, come on. It's it's an amazing city full of music and food and partying and 
We just bought tickets last night. We're super stoked on that. And then May, what do we got for May? May, we're going to a music festival just a few hours outside of Chicago called Summer Camp. Um, and it was it was the first music festival that Sasha ever went to. And it was like his music festival when he was in college because it's not too far from East Lansing. And then he took a, a few years break because it never worked out for us to come back from China. China's far away. Um, for this festival. But then we were going to be home for it. Uh, last year and they have a program called uh, Camp Counselor Program where you're essentially just a media person. Um, so Sasha got accepted into the program, he's a camp counselor, so he runs around and takes pictures and videos and then writes blog posts about the experience for the um, summer camp blog and for your first year you, you get a pair of free tickets which is great. Um, but then if you meet all the requirements uh, for you your first year yeah. and if you want to come back you're in the program for life, and for every year after that, you get free VIP tickets. So we're going <laughs> Neither in style. of us have ever been to a music festival as uh, VIP, so we're really excited about that. That's at the end of May. And, and then, then in June, my brother and I, one of my, again, I have four brothers, so um, one of my brothers and I, we got tickets for the World Cup um, in Russia. Our dad's Russian. We've never been to Russia. We have some family there we've never met. And this is a perfect chance to go. If you have World Cup tickets, fun fact, you do not need a visa this time around for Russia. So it saves a lot of headache and definitely saves some cost. We won the lottery there, the first round of lottery. We got tickets for four games. The U.S. didn't make it, but, hey, I can cheer for Mexico, Colombia, Peru. Uh, I got lots of squads I can cheer for. And uh, we're going to the motherland, you know, why not? Vodka and borscht, here we come. Um, and then and then past that, we haven't made a plan for that yet. I would really like to base down in Portugal. I've heard really good things about Lisbon, so you know we might stay there for a month or two. Um, we'll probably end up in Spain just because you know Sasha's putting all this time and effort into learning Spanish, so might as well go spend more time in a Spanish-speaking country. Yeah, and I've but got other ideas for the year-long party to continue based on that. There's a giant festival in Portugal called Boom. It happens every two years, and it's going to be going down in July uh, in Portugal. So um, hopefully we'll be able to go there, whether it's as a paid um, attendee or they do a volunteer program. That'd be cool. And then I believe in Spain they do that crazy tomato festival in August where you just have a giant tomato fight. Um, that would be really cool. So as you can see, I'm trying to think of like one big thing every month. Um, our favorite band, Fish, is supposedly having a festival in August in New York. If that happens, we will feel a very big pull to go back to the U.S. and catch that. They um, always play such a role in our plans. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> People ask us, like, what are you doing next year? And I say, I don't know. Fish hasn't announced tour dates yet. <laughs> you know, it's like if my mom doesn't know where I'm traveling and she can't get a hold of me for whatever reason, she goes to fish.com and sees if there's a fish concert. Oh, he's probably there. It's like, it's like that important to us. So they usually don't announce their summer tour dates until March. That's kind of why we're holding off on summer plans. We want to wait and see what, what the fish is doing and then kind of see. We have to renew VIP kid contracts between now and then. Um, hopefully get our website going. Hopefully pick up more freelance gigs. And, you know, we'll just go wherever makes the most sense, wherever we're interested. And we have had this rule that, like, we're not going back to Asia until we do substantial travels in South America and Europe. She's never been to Europe. Mm -hmm. I've only gone a few times um, when I was younger. Uh, so we'd like to go do this kind of digital nomad things, uh, find a city for a month or two, do some travels. And after that, we would allow ourselves to go back to Indonesia or China or these, these places that are now our comfort zone. It's kind yeah. of funny. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm comfortable eating with chopsticks and uh, walking around the crazy streets of Bangkok. And I almost feel more comfortable there than like going to small town USA now. So uh, until we do this other traveling, we can't go back there. So that's the real thing that we're focused on right now. That year sounds amazing. 2018 with WrestleMania, the World Cup. I, I heard about uh, you know the New Year's in Valparaiso. It's supposed to be one of the best ones. I think Rio de Janeiro has an amazing one in Copacabana on the beach as well. Yeah. And Valparaiso is supposed to have an amazing one as well. So definitely looking forward to uh, you know following along as you do these amazing adventures into next year and beyond. So thanks, guys. Uh, to end off here, uh, how can people connect with you if they wanted to uh, follow you along on your travel blog and also uh, maybe uh, sign up with the VIP kids? 
Uh, well, definitely uh, the website, gratefulgypsies.com. Uh, if they're primarily interested in finding more information about VIP Kid, they'll find that under the Teach ESL section of our website. Um, otherwise, if they just want to connect with us to say hi, we are Grateful Gypsies on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat. I'm Snapchat, snapping. Yep. Um, whatever social media platform you prefer, we're there. We do have a newsletter that Rachel sends out once a month. Usually, you can sign up for that on the website. It just um, quick update of what we're doing and links to a few recent blog posts. Um, so yeah, sign up there. Get in the van. That's uh, what we tell people to do. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> our way of saying jo join the journey. Um, she's very active on social media. We're posting all the time. We post to the blog a couple times a month usually. Um, if people want to get in touch through email, it's getinthevan at gratefulgypsies.com. And um, let's see other shameless plugs. We love doing podcasts. We've been on a few podcasts uh, recently. You can find us on a one. few. Yeah, on yours, obviously. And uh, our friend Jason Moore, who does Zero to Travel, great travel podcast. He's got an episode with us, as well as our good friends, the World Wanderers and the Words with Winos. We've uh, talked to those guys. If you're into travel and uh, listening to podcasts, I highly recommend all three of those. I'm always listening to those guys at the gym or on these long bus rides. It really inspires you to uh, take a risk and, and travel. You'll learn a lot about different destinations. Um, doing a podcast is something we've talked about. We don't have the equipment for it yet, but hey, maybe 2018. It's maybe, a goal for the future. Maybe the year-long party. It's on the to-do list. <laughs> I think that'd be a cool thing to document in podcast form. I, I was in radio when I was in college, and it's something I've always Perfect been interested in. So. Yeah, there's tons of ways to find us. We're out there. We're very happy to respond. We love getting messages and emails and comments. So don't be shy. We're we're both very social people. Yeah, we love making new friends. It's what makes us happy. For sure. So if anybody who listens to this in the near future is going to be in Lima, Peru, or Santiago, Chile, or maybe Buenos Aires, um, drop us a line. We'd love to go. You know, out for a drink, catch some live music, get dinner, go for a hike on the weekend, whatever we are super flexible and into a lot of things and love meeting new people. So, you know, digital nomad life is great, but it can get lonely when you're moving around a lot and working a lot. It's awesome to connect with other like-minded people. So please, if you're going to be in our path, drop us a line and let's hang out. There you go. Make sure you get in that van. There's so many different ways to get in the van and you can get out of the van and enjoy the beauty of South America and beyond with uh, both of these guys, Rachel and Sasha. And I'll have the links below. So if you wanted to sign up for VIP kit, with Rachel and Sasha's link, you can uh, click right through and sign up for that one below. Uh, so thanks, Rachel and Sasha. It's great to connect with you guys. I look forward to following your journey and connecting again. Yeah, thank awesome. you so much, Ricky. Thanks for having us. It was great. It was great indeed. Uh, thanks uh, very much. Uh, I'm grateful for the Grateful Gypsies. So thanks again. Oh. Grateful for you guys as well for who are listening and watching and uh, following along on our journey and our podcast. Uh, make sure you follow along on our journey at daddyblogger.com as we travel around South America. We're almost in every single country in South America. We just have Uruguay left to go. We've done the other 11 countries. And by the end of this month, we'll have done them all. So make sure you follow us along on daddyblogger.com and all of our social media and our YouTube channel, etc. And for uh, if you get it, want to get inspired to make money while traveling the world, make sure you sign up to our podcast and listen to all of our different interviews with digital nomads from around the world. So thanks for tuning in, too. Did you know my master teach you how to make money while traveling the world? Happy travels, everyone. Happy travels.